Welcome back to Comic Book Storylines. I'm Brian Sorensen, or Bry the Comic Book Guy. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion so far on the Age of Apocalypse. We're almost there. This week we reach the end of the main storyline with a huge wrap-up, but then next week we're going to do a bonus episode of the 10th anniversary celebration that Marvel put out that actually continues the story in some ways, but I'm not going to spoil anything for you just yet. You'll understand when we get there. This week we're going to be taking on the issue fours of all the titles and the conclusion of what the surviving other Marvel characters were doing this time. This week's issues we're covering are Astonishing X-Men 4, Amazing X-Men 4, Factor X 4, Gambit and the Externals 4, Generation Next 4, Weapon X 4, Excalibur 4, X-Man 4, The Chosen One-Shot, which I'll cover just briefly in a moment, X-Universe number 2, and the big finale of X-Men Omega. Now, The Chosen is something I'm going to cover just briefly. It doesn't have much to do with the storyline, but it shows something going on in the background. If you're looking for any advice or help or questions or anything about what we're talking about, you can email me, guy at gmail.com. So the issue of The Chosen, it's basically one of the Madri, uh, Jamie Madrix, uh, the multiple people that he has, Apocalypse's heralds, basically, He goes into Apocalypse's computer to see if Apocalypse has a list of chosen and forgotten mutants when his reign is supreme throughout the entire planet. He has a database, and they look and see if they are counted among the chosen or the forgotten. It basically goes through the entire list of who's chosen and forgotten. Magneto is one of the chosen. Weapon X is one of the chosen. Colossus is one of the chosen. Some are forgotten. Most of the other mutant characters are, are forgotten. His henchmen, his horsemen are among the chosen. But then he sees that the Madri are chosen. But right at the end, Apocalypse comes in and goes, You were defying me by coming into this room. You are no longer chosen. You are forgotten. And that Madri is killed instantly. So the Madri in the New Era are going to be forgotten. So we're going to get into the main storyline right now. Most of them doesn't have a true order, but they all have to be done before X, uh, uh, Amazing X-Men number four, because everybody comes together at the end right before X-Men Omega. So we're going to go to Astonishing X-Men 4. Blink has started trashing Holocaust's infinite processing plant. They've all done a good job of destroying the place to make sure that there's no more infinites. Uh, Blink takes on Holocaust for what she thought was killing Mr. Creed, uh, Sabretooth. Uh, she jumps him to a big vat of chemicals, and she thinks that he's done. The other X-Men are fighting their way through the Infinites, and Rogue tells uh, Sunfire to go help Blink. They ended up finding her, and right before they find her, they kind of cut scene. Uh, This picks up after the battle in uh, Amazing X-Men 3, where Apocalypse has taken Magneto. So Apocalypse uh, is telling Magneto, who's up in a bunch of change, uh, all the things that they know about his plans. They know what he's doing, and they're going to set a trap, and he's going to be the trap. So you're like, oh, this isn't going to go well. So the X-Men, they take out all the infinites, and they rescue all the humans that were getting ready to be processed. They find Blink, and right before they finish finding Blink, uh, it's Morph and Sunfire. They find Blink, but Holocaust busts out of that thing of acid, and she's uh, cornered by Holocaust, and she's like, Blink, or Morph, you need to help me. And it's not really Morph. It ends up being Rogue, who took enough of Morph's powers to look like him to kind of sneak up on Holocaust. They pretty much take him out. I mean, they, they literally just take him down. All the X-Men, they take him out. They just really wreck the crap out of his place. And they end up trashing the entire infinite processing facility. So they did their job, and they end up saving the day. And at the end of the issue, 
before Holocaust can be actually destroyed, he teleports to Apocalypse's lair, and Rogue almost goes with him, but Iceman, who was sent by Petro, Quicksilver, to come find the rest of the gang, tells her what's going on and what they need to do. So that's how that issue ends, where the reign of uh, Apocalypse is going to be drawn to a close, according to them. We get to Factor X4. Alex Summers has deemed his brother a traitor. The rest of the mutant elite, Beast, the Bedlam Brothers, and the Gunthries, they have an order to kill all of the people that are in the pens because Mr. Sinister and Cyclops are both traitors. So Alex is saying, I've got to destroy you all now. And just before they do that, one of the infinites says, uh, Prelate Summers and the Jean Grey person have escaped, and they took out a bunch of guards on their way out. And Alex gets all pissed off and destroys a bunch of people. So Cyclops and Jean, they're trying to escape, and they run into the Bedlam Brothers. And they're like, how did you find us? And the Bedlam Brothers are like, we fought beside you, and we know how you think. The Brain Trust, which they were going after to kill the Brain Trust, so that way all of the prisoners won't be like lulled into just giving up. They blow that up, they have a chance to escape with the prisoners fully into their mental capacities. So the Bedlam Brothers hold off the Gunthries while Cyclops and Jean go to blow up them. And while that's going on, Angel is getting ready to be captured in Haven. The Infinite storm the place, and Angel ends up escaping into a uh, tunnel underneath that has like a private elevator. Now we kind of look at it, and uh, it says that the elevator shaft leads down to a subway tunnels, kind of reminiscent that the Haven might have been in Four Freedoms Plaza with a Fantastic Four were, because that's kind of how the layout was. So anyway, the Bedlam brothers end up taking out the Gun Threes, and they cover Cyclops and Jean to get to the Brain Trust. But Jean is having some problems because they know what they're there for, and the Brain Trust is just like these lobotomized brains, and she's, they're trying to stop her. But Jean's pretty tough and ends up blowing all them up. So now the prisoners are going to rebel, and the Bedlam brothers come in to Cyclops and Jean and like, hey, we're going to help you. You want to start a rebellion? Let's do it. So they're going to help everybody escape. And while that's going on, Alex finds out his girlfriend Scarlet was part of the human resistance. And then he finds out that she's pregnant as well. And right before he's about to do something pretty drastic to her, all the power goes out and it ends up freeing all the prisoners. So Alex is now having a huge problem on what to do. Now, since all the prisoners are released, they all start going after Dark Beast or Beast Hank McCoy because, you know, he's experimenting on everybody. So they just start attacking him. And there's all this confusion of going through, but Alex ends up finding Cyclops and Jean, and it's toe-to-toe with both of them. But Cyclops and Havoc, their powers cancel each other out, so they can't hurt each other, so it ends up going like a physical blow-to-blow. And Cyclops ends up knocking Havoc unconscious, and Jean kind of helps him up and everything, and they lead all the prisoners to the George Washington Bridge, or what's left of the George Washington Bridge, in the Freedom. And the last thing on the page, before the end, goes, I'm going to find you, brother. He wakes up. He goes, this time I'm going to bury you. When you get to Gambit and the Externals 4, the Externals have come home. Now, they're in the sewer tunnels under New York, and some of the X-Men are looking for them. So you see Dazzler and Exodus find the remains of Nanny, where, Charles, where baby Charles' protector was. They're like, okay, what happened to him? And we look, and it's uh, a little bit later. It switches back and forth from previous events to current events. And it's the character Richter, who actually did survive Sunspot's attack towards the end and ended up being teleported back with the, the externals. And Apocalypse is holding baby Charles, and he's basically interrogating Richter, saying, because you have a loyalty to me, I'm going to grant you a chance to explain yourself. Uh, how, did, um, how did you manage to destroy 100 lifetimes of, work, of craftily crafted work? Because you almost cost me 
my my reign. So he's getting ready to interrogate him. And then we see in the past where everybody came back and Richter is chasing Gambit and Lilla Cheney, but they don't they're not all together. So Jubilee and uh, Strong Guy are in another part of the tunnels going a different way. They're trying to lead Richter away, but he doesn't know that that was going on. He's like, didn't you realize the child Jubilee carried was much more important than the capture of Gambit? And he's Richter's like, I, I had no idea. I'm not really sure what you were talking about. But Jubilee had the Mkron crystal fragment and baby Charles, and he didn't know that. But uh, she ends up running into Guido, who was supposed to be running ahead of her and keep guard and everything. But it turns out, unfortunately for the externals, that Guido, strong guy, was a traitor. He said he was captured a long time ago, and he has a brain bomb in his head and a tracker, and that's how Richter was able to track him the entire time. He ends up taking baby Charles and the Mkron crystal fragment from Jubilee. He's really sad that he had to do that and betrayed her trust and everything, but he had to do it. And just he just runs away with everything. And we flash back to Gambit and Lilla heading towards uh, Xavier's mansion to get back to the X-Men and everything. But they get up onto this platform and they run into Guido. And he goes, what are you doing here? You were supposed to be leading Richter away from the tunnels. And Gambit's like, where's Jubilee? Why are you heading towards me? And shouldn't you be heading the wrong direction? And why do you have Magneto and Rogue's baby? And then Richter goes, because he's working for me. And they get really pissed off because they were this band of brothers and sisters for a long time. And they all, all start fighting. Richter ends up trying to blow everybody up. And they end up separating everybody. And Guido is holding this main support beam. And he's like, hey, Gambit, you go that way with Lilla. That's the way to Xavier's. I have to go back this way. A Gambit makes a decision for the love of his life or uh, baby Charles in the M-Crime fragment and ends up going taking the wrong direction, and, and according to Rogue eventually. But uh, you see Apocalypse has baby Charles and the M-Crime crystal fragment, and he ends up killing Richter for almost costing him everything. And then we flash to the X-Men finding Lilla Cheney and Gambit, and they're like, where's the M-Crime crystal? Did you find it? And he goes, yeah, technically yes. And they're like, okay, let's bring you back to Rogue because... You have a lot of explaining to do, which he will. We go to Generation Next 4. Now, the kids in Generation Next were in some serious trouble, and Colossus and Shadowcat were getting ready to go help him out. Mondo had absorbed Ileana Rasputin, but he can't for very long because he'll digest her. She tries to break out of his skeleton, of his body and everything, and his hand pops out, and some guards end up kind of seeing that and kind of wondering what's going on there. Now, it looked like the kids in Generation Next had, uh, the ones that had infiltrated and uh, Husk, who turned into one of the prelates, had killed the other Generation Nexters, but Sugar Man was kind of on to him because he didn't use his mutant powers, he used just a regular gun. So Sugar Man ends up blasting through uh, Husk, who also has the gaseous form of another Generation Nexter called Vincenti. He's like a gaseous mutant and everything. Ends up hurting him and a little bit of husk as well. So then there's a huge battle with all the henchmen and uh, Generation Next. They look like they're doing pretty good. They they think they take out Sugar Man, but eventually that's not the case. But then Colossus shows up, starts wailing on everybody to kind of help cover them and everything and get them out. And he's like, go help Mondo get my sister out. But the guards have found Mondo and they start beating him up and everything and they try and take him. And they end up taking out all the guards, and they're all getting ready to leave. But then Sugar Man reappears and kills Mondo and breaks Ileana Rasputin out of Mondo. But then Colossus comes, crashes down on Sugar Man, and is holding his sister, who he hasn't seen in a very long time. He says, hello, little snowflake, it's been a while. That's what he used to call her. 
So then the kids are trying to cover Colossus getting uh, uh, Ileana out, and just all the guards and all the bad people are fighting against Generation Next, and Shadowcat comes and tries and helps and save the day. But they're like, uh, Colossus is just pure, let's get my sister out of here. So they go, and the kids are left to fight themselves, which they feel kind of betrayed. And you can see that in Paige Gunthery's voice and appearance as she turns and sees her teachers just leave. So they get outside, and Colossus is like, I'm going to go back, you take my sister. I'm going to try and save the kids. He runs back down the tunnel, and just before he can get to the big door where the big battle is, it's getting ready to close, and he sees all the kids in Generation Next are being taken down and almost... All of them look like they're dead except for Paige, and she's the last one fighting, and she looks and sees her teacher, and Colossus gets to the door just as it closes, and he just totally is not forgiving himself because his kids, uh, his students, are all dead. And he goes back, and Shadowcat's like, where are all the others? He goes, I did everything I can. So they're sitting there by a fire, getting ready to go back to Xavier's, and you see Sugar Man is this little tiny guy now. And he's hiding in Colossus's boot. So that's not going to be in any good for the things to come. And we get to Weapon X4. Gateway comes back to Eurasia, to where the Human High Council is. And they're trying to convince him to lead the Armada with his powers and everything. And he's still not convinced. You know, he needs to be on the flagship and open up his powers. And they're uh, trying to convince him. And he's not really convinced that he wants to do this. He's never been part of the war and he doesn't. But then you see back in Apocalypse's lair that Apocalypse finds out about this. And he's sending more operatives to try and stop this airship armada. You see that there are other people getting ready to intervene and try and stop it from the get-go from Asia. So they think they're going to leave and they start taking off. And Gateway's there, but he's not actually helping. So Logan is trying to tell everybody, you know, are we doing the right thing? It's some dialogue with White Queen uh, just trying to see if the bombs are going to be what they need to do and if they're even going to get there. And then we go to Gateway, who's up on the roof of one of the Armada ships, and there's a big electrical storm coming. So then he says, you know, I think I am going to help you guys, but I need to kind of get a sense of the land. And just then, uh, something swoops down and flies by and alerts Apocalypse of Seawall. Like, he has this big defense wall in the Atlantic Ocean that's right next to America, and they're just they're getting ready to breach it. But they needed Gateway's power to get past that. So they're getting ready to use his powers, but not yet. So it's Pierce, who they thought was dead, but has come back. He called himself together. And he ends up being able to cyborg Carol Danvers as well. Like, she's this flying beast now and holding on to what's left of the cyborg Pierce. They're blowing through the airship and trying to kill as many humans as they can and everything. And Logan ends up getting his one good arm hurt. So he's kind of like down and out with just that stumpy arm and everything. And it turns out that there was a traitor in the Human High Council. Ends up being Brian Braddock. He's the one that led all of Apocalypse's people to where they are because he kind of secretly didn't want everything to go wrong. And he thought Apocalypse was right and all humans should just bow down and quit. And Pierce ends up uh, trying to take everybody else out, Emma Frost included, but right at the end, uh, Brian Braddock has this change in heart and tries to kill Pierce, blows him out a window, but Pierce ends up killing him right at the end. And Logan is trying to stop Carol Danvers and Pierce from killing Gateway, but he's badly hurt. His healing factor hasn't kicked in yet. They're trying to fight it. Carol's getting ready to fight back, but then Pierce ends up killing her because she has this momentary weakness. Now, he's, Pierce is about to kill Gateway, and Pierce is like, what are you going to do, stump me to death? And just then you hear, well, you see the trademark snicked of the sound effect of uh, Wolverine's claws being uh, popped out. 
But, he says, Cyclops may have lopped off my hand, but my claws were retracted in my forearm until now. So Wolverine had those three claws. He just never used them because he didn't have a hand. He ends up killing Pierce and finally convincing Gateway to get his act together. So the last scene is Gateway getting this huge rope and spinning this big portal open, and the entire armada ends up going through the portal to cover and go beyond the seawall. And then we see Excalibur number four, uh, Nightcrawler, had just defeated Dead Man Wade, or Deadpool, and Switchback and all the other characters, the mask, uh, train side. So the team of Excalibur is getting ready to take Destiny back to Magneto. But there's some dark dialogue. It's all in black lettering and everything. Do you see me now? I came in with the mask, and now I'm in another. So you're like, who is that? It ends up being the Shadow King. The Shadow King was there the entire time. And there's some banter back and forth of how they're going to get back to... America, Destiny is still not wanting to go. She's still refusing to leave after everything that's happened. But just as they're about to just take her, the Shadow King goes into one of the mutants that was on the island and starts killing everybody that's around, including uh, Destiny's son, Doug Ramsey. And Doug Ramsey doesn't get a good rap in any dimension. Now, Mystique is trying to kill the Shadow King, kills the host body that he's in, but he keeps jumping from body to body. And he ends up going into, uh, he almost tries to get to Destiny. But before that, Nightcrawler uses powers creatively. It's something that you've never seen Nightcrawler do before. Now, he takes uh, Damask and he takes Switchback. Switchback can control time for like a few seconds here and there. So she ends up slowing down the teleportation process and gets to the dimension that uh, Shadow King is in, but not like physically and everything, just like his essence is there. And they go and they slow down and they're able to kill Shadow King in the realm that he is in. Now it's right before he ends up killing Destiny and he takes over Mystique. And right before he kills Destiny, they try and kill him. But as his last blow, he shoots a big bolt of energy towards Destiny. But Doug Ramsey ends up intercepting that blast, and he takes himself out protecting Destiny. And Destiny at the last page goes, I thought this was my dream place where I survived. Perhaps I planted hopes in everybody's minds. I'm ready to go. We're going to take down Apocalypse once and for all. I'm ready to go see Magneto. And we get to X-Man 4. We see Shadow King, obviously before he went to Avalon. Uh, uh, Apocalypse is saying, you know, did the telepath, Domino, get the telepath? And he goes, no, the telepath has killed her, and there's been a tidal wave of energy, so he has definitely survived, and uh, Domino is definitely dead. But he doesn't know Sinister is there as well. And he goes, you know, we need to find this kid. Somebody has to go take care of him. He needs to be brought to me personally. I have other things to deal with. And he goes, and you see him taking uh, uh, into Magneto's chamber, and saying, we need to continue our talk, Magneto. Now, the rest of this issue is Nate versus Sinister. He's really pissed off about Sinister. I trusted you. I stood up for you. You betrayed me. You killed Forge. And then we see what really happened. Sinister tells him to probe my memories, and you'll see what happened. Nate is the experiment of Sinister's. He took DNA from Cyclops and Jean Grey, when Jean Grey was one of his prisoners, and created the perfect mutant with the perfect powers to be able to, once and for all, take down Apocalypse with the right amount of powers and just wipe Apocalypse out so that he wouldn't have that reign. But Cyclops unknowingly broke his own cloned kid out of the pens before he could do the rest of the damage and before he could actually finish what he started. His powers weren't really there yet. And he says, I was in the shadows powerless to stop you from leaving. 
I couldn't risk Apocalypse learning of Cyclops' treasonous acts yet. So he knew Cyclops was turning on everybody, but he didn't stop him either. That kind of shows how much of a, a dad he is. So he uh, Sinister tells him that your destiny was supposed to kill Apocalypse, and this is how we're going to do it. But the surviving members of Nate's band, Sonic and Sauron, end up trying to fight Sinister as well. But Nate stops him because he's like, you know, I really need to do this. This guy, he's not the bad guy you thought he was. I need to take care of this. And then Sinister goes, you know, uh, I, I'm going to control you to do this. If you don't have the guts to do this, I'm going to control you. So then they start up their fight again. But the first time that Nate hits and actually connects with Mr. Sinister in a big telekinetic blast, you see something that's never happened to Mr. Sinister before. He's bleeding. That's never actually happened in his lifetime that we've seen as readers in any of the X-Men books. So Nate is actually really physically hurting him. He ends up taking down Sinister, or we thought. He blasts him into a, another uh, field, and he's just laying there. And he goes, now that I'm all alone, you have taught me something. It's only a matter of time before Apocalypse comes for me, unless I get to him first. So he takes off flying towards Apocalypse's palace. And Sinister gets up. He goes, well, that was difficult, but not impossible. Now, as long as he succeeds, I'll be fine. And then Sinister goes, wait, curious, I'm bleeding. Is it possible that after all this time, 150 years, I may be dying? And then lays down on the ground and we never see him after that. So Nate's flying towards Apocalypse's lair, but he doesn't know exactly where it is. Maybe Magneto knows everything and where he is. So he kind of mind probes to find Magneto. And then the clouds form all these scenes of things that are going on. And Nate sees that Magneto is taking on Apocalypse himself in New York. So he knows right where to go and right where to be. So Nate ends up in uh, New York, right outside Apocalypse's lair. He starts breaking into the pens and just blasting through everybody. And he ends up running into Cyclops and Gene. He doesn't know that, you know, they don't know and everything. So he's not saying anything. Gene Gray kind of mind probes him and everything and gets caught in a sonic backlash because they're technically related. And Cyclops thinks it's an attack, so he blasts uh, uh, Nate. And they're like, no, don't worry about it, Scott. Don't do it. You don't understand. He's a friend. And then Jean's talking to him telepathically, and she goes, I suspect we're more than just friends. I've only talked to one other person before. I know you're special, uh, and we need to uh, kind of help you. And he goes, no, this is my destiny. I'm tired of running away from it. So he tells Cyclops and Jean, finish the escape. When this is over, I will come find you. And then Cyclops is like, I remember that kid. I helped him escape a long time ago. I guess there was a reason. And the issue ends with Nate physically climbing up the Citadel wall to go say, I am going to take you down Apocalypse once and for all. We're going to shoot over to X-Universe 2 before we get to the last part in Amazing X-Men 4. It's what all the Marvel characters were doing. Now, last we saw, Mikhail took all of the human guys that were on uh, we've got Clint Barton, Ben Grimm, Susan Storm, Gwen Stacy, Donald Blake, Victor Von Doom. Now he's kind of captured them all and kind of kept them in this little stasis field. And they've got Anthony Stark on a table, and he's got like this probe getting ready to go into the circuitry. Because in this realm, in this reality, Tony Stark still had the injury that he had to have that battery attached to him. So he has the Iron Man technology stuff attached to him, but it's like bolted to his skin. And Apocalypse is trying to figure out what to do with it, and they had Mikhail, like, try and surgically alter him. Now, while that's going on, we have uh, this empath that's controlling the crowd is being run by M. Murdoch. He's got this swatch around his face. He's bald, and he's got his eyes completely covered, and he's like one of Mikhail's henchmen. And he's controlling the empath to control the crowd to get them to stop fighting and everything. And Mikhail is talking to the what's left of the Human High Council, which is uh, Bolivar and Moira Trask. And Thunderbolt Ross is one of the characters that they're looking into, too. Now, the empath is trying to 
control all of those guys and they don't know that they're being controlled but just wait so the experiment on tony stark ends up doing some massive catastrophic damage to mikhail's ship it ends up blowing out all its circuitry and all the prisoners escape like donald blake and all those guys so all the humans are trying to like go to run and help tony and donald blake who's a doctor ends up surging him with a plan of uh, like a needle of adrenaline wakes him up and says the whole plan worked. And they're like, Operation Trojan Horse was a success. So they planned on getting caught and infiltrating the ship. So they take out a bunch of guards and they end up getting a bunch of hardware and military software and everything. And they end up trying to stop empaths, try and charge on the humans and everything. And they end up breaking the human spirit free from all that. But while they're trying to get to the control room of Mikhail's ship, they bust in and Bruce Banner had turned back into the Hulk. They still don't know who Bruce Banner, that Bruce Banner and the, the gray Hulk guy are the same thing. But he ends up knocking Gwen Stacy out before they can take out the main control room. Let me see, Donald Blake gets off the airship and goes to the Human High Council spot, and he's ready to take on Mikhail by himself. And he says, you know what, you should go look at your mothership, and ends up being blown up. And Mikhail sends his strike force, basically, of uh, like technological uh, advanced beings, and they end up getting ready to kill the Human High Council. But Victor Von Doom steals a, sh a little shuttle and ends up killing those guys before they can cause any more damage to the Human High Council. Now, the empath guy, is his powers are not really working on the crowd anymore, and M. Murdoch is trying to figure out why. But then the empath is this moment of passion and ends up sending his powers into Matt Murdoch. And he's like, why are you showing me what's going on? And ends up seeing... M. Murdoch was finally a man without fear. The visor grafted to his face, bringing, uh, binding him to his benefactor, which was Mikhail. And he finds out that his powers, his second senses, were his own all along, a bizarre byproduct of the same chemical accident that blinded him as a kid. So Daredevil, Matt Murdock, still had the blinding incident when he was a kid. And he's crying because he found out he was working for the wrong guy. Now, Ben Grimm is on the ground trying to save uh, people from the last remnants of Mikhail's fleet and services. They end up telling all the humans to climb aboard Mikhail's ship, and you see it's kind of like a supplementary part before the airships leave Europe, and they're taking control of him as well. Ben Grimm ends up dying because he saved a kid, but as they were being blasted and everything. And the Hulk, who they still don't know who it is, is trying to kill all of those guys because he just hates everybody. And we see Mikhail, right before the, his airship leaves, is trying to kill Doctor Doom. But Donald Blake, in the last minute of sacrifice, ends up killing Mikhail by them both falling out the Tower of London and exploding. And we see the last part of the issue that uh, the humans are getting ready to attack the Great Seawall, and then the big gray monster goes, the Seawall, and then Tony Stark turns around and says, yes, Dr. Banner. And then they're like, hey, you knew he was Dr. Banner the whole time? Like, Well, his injuries and the fact that, you know, he was a big radiation monster. I kind of put two and two together. So the airship goes with uh, the blimps, but they're behind all the blimps. The blimps end up going through Gateway's portal. And this ship and the, a little bit of an armada is left behind the seawall. And they end up getting attacked by the seawall. And their ships end up being destroyed by the seawall. And we've got Amazing X-Men 4. This is the big one. Bishop is captured by the Madri. And they're getting ready to kill him by having the Shadow King enter his mind and body and totally destroy him. But Storm shows up and ends up saving him and rescuing him. Takes out those Madri. But Quicksilver and 
uh, Banshee have a different task in mind. They're going to the main host, the original Jamie Madrix, to try and see if they can he can stop all of his Madri by just turning his powers off. And then we see, back at the mansion, the astonishing X-Men, Rogue and Sabretooth and everybody, come home, and Shadowcat and Colossus are there with Ileana, and she's like, where's my son? And he's like, no, they're in the tunnels somewhere. You gotta go, there. you know, there's been a, an attack, go down into the tunnels. And Rogue's like, what happened to the rest of the kids? And they're like, none of them made it. So they're kind of uh, having a fallout there because the kids died. And she takes Sabretooth and Wildchild into the tunnels to try and find Charles. They run into Dazzler and Exodus, who had found Jubilee, Gambit, and Lilla Cheney. And Rogue gets mad and punches Gambit right up to the surface because you let him take my kid. What the hell's the matter with you? And just before we see what happens after that, we go back to Bishop and Storm fighting the Madri. And they're getting pretty close and they're getting ready to uh, be surrounded. Now, just as they're getting to convince Madrix to turn off his powers, the Abyss comes back. The Herald Abyss comes back, and he tries to take Jamie Madrix and save him from the X-Men. But Banshee, in a moment of sacrifice before he can kill Quicksilver, uh, goes into Abyss, into, like, his body, and ends up roaring his powers like nothing ever before, ends up killing Abyss and Banshee in the process, uh, Quicksilver takes Madrix and jumps out of the building before it crashes down to the ground. But Madrix was injured in that journey, and he ends up dying. But in the process, all of the Madri turn off, and they end up going back to Xavier's mansion. And just as Rogue is still interrogating Gambit, Destiny comes with Nightcrawler. And they're like, well, where's Bishop? This is the last part of the plan we need. And then Quicksilver and Storm show up with Bishop, and Sabretooth has this little quip. I guess everybody did what they were supposed to, except for Gambit. Now what do we do? And then Quicksilver in the last page goes, get the piece of the Umkron Crystal, Rescue Magneto, my brother, and then stop the Age of Apocalypse from happening. This is the big finale, X-Men Omega. This is the last part of it. Starts out Magneto getting through his chains and trying to fight Apocalypse, but Apocalypse knocks him unconscious. And Holocaust is there because he teleported at the end of the Astonishing X-Men, so he's standing by Apocalypse's side, and he's getting ready to attack Magneto as well. And Magneto is saying, you can't be, you can't possibly think you're going to win, and then he goes, "You do? Do you really think I'm not going to win? Well, I have the Mkron crystal." So he ends up seeing that the Mkron crystal is on his stand, and he goes, "You know, the Shadow King showed me a glimpse of your world through, because of all the various people in Magneto's uh, underground that he's kind of put his brain into. Uh, he siphoned all of the memories from Bishop." and knew that everything was going on. So Apocalypse is now trying to infiltrate that realm and take over because you're trying to undo world domination. You're going to go into a realm and repair time before I took rule. Congratulations, Magneto. I'm going to win. You're going to lose. We see the X-Men come in and blink into the Citadel. It's everybody that's left led by Blink, and they're trying to infiltrate Apocalypse's lair. And they thought they were going to have a big fight, but since all of the prisoners and all the guards were distracted by Cyclops and Jean rescuing everybody and killing the guards and getting the pens all free, the X-Men pretty much have a clear shot. But they find Beast, who had gotten beaten up by some of his uh, uh, captured people, as you will, and he was kind of left half dead. So the X-Men kind of watch him while they're going on to face Apocalypse. And we see Jean and Scott, they're on a bridge going over to New Jersey, rescuing all the civilians, but they don't know that Havoc is in the background kind of cloaked. And we see uh, they have to get through this barrier to get across the bridge. But then we see Angel, Warren Worthington, has a bunch of explosives strapped to his chest, and he's flying 
towards the generator, the force field generator in Apocalypse's stronghold. He ends up taking that out so that everybody can do what they need to do. And we see Nate Gray getting past that and climbing up to attack Apocalypse. And we see Shadow King come rushing in because apparently he's still in a host body, still kind of live uh, from Excalibur 4. And he goes, the Southwest Kingdom no longer exists. And like, what are you talking about? The Eurasian High Council's bombs were from went off from within North America. Gateway opened the portal and they got into the entire Midwest and they destroyed the Midwest and now they're on their way to New York City. So uh, uh, Apocalypse gets really pissed and he sends his guards to go just expand the Great Sea Wall. We're going to take care of everybody once and for all. And he starts getting ready to kill Magneto. But then Nate Gray comes in and ends up knocking Apocalypse out. So now it's Nate and Magneto versus Apocalypse. And the X-Men bust in to where the Emkron Crystal is, and they've got Destiny. So Destiny touches the Emkron Crystal, and she sees everything in the, the main universe that's going on, and she goes, everything is true. This is what we have to do. The child Ileana and I have no choice to help Bishop's journey. He can repair the timeline. And Quicksilver's like, no, we're going to choose a team to go with you. And she goes, no, only Bishop, Ileana, and I can go through because we don't have counterparts in this other reality. Now, Colossus gets mad because he's like, wait, my sister wasn't supposed to go through. You're saying that she's dead in that one, and I I have to sacrifice her again. Now, Magneto and Nate come in after a little brief battle with Holocaust. Nate distracts Holocaust. Magneto goes down and tells all of his X-Men he's okay. And he tells Ileana that he can't order her to go into the crystal. Colossus is saying, don't listen to him, don't listen to him. And Bishop goes, I can promise you that there's hope in this other world. We need to do this. So Bishop, Ileana, and Destiny enter the Emkron Crystal while the rest of the X-Men cover them. Now Colossus just tells Magneto, this and any other reality, if my sister doesn't come back, we're, we're going to be enemies in any reality. So Jean kind of gets the sense that the bombs are going off. We flash to the bridge, and Jean's like, wait, the bombs have gone off. We need to protect New York City from these bombs. And just as that's happening, you see Logan parachuting down, and she's going to... He's going to run into them. And uh, we flash back to the big battle. The X-Men are fighting. Sugar Man appears out of Colossus's belt and jumps into the Emkron crystal. Now, Colossus gets really mad, and he's going to get ready to join his sister. But they're like, no, you can't. And Iceman ends up trying to stop him. And Gambit ends up blasting Colossus, saying, no, you're not going in there. Then we flash into the Emkron crystal. Destiny, Ileana, and Kit Bishop are there. Destiny goes, you two can only go after this. You need to open a portal for Bishop to get back to that timeline to rescue everybody. So she opens her portal. Bishop goes in. And we go to the Human High Council. The Great Seawall was expanded after an X-Universe 2 where those last blimps didn't get through. The Seawall ends up expanding over to Europe. And the Human High Council's like, okay, we're going to die next. And Apocalypse is looking at all this happening. Magneto comes in, brings all this metal armor around him, and is fighting Apocalypse. He's just really tearing him through. But Apocalypse is like, if you don't stop right now, I'm going to have Guido kill your son. And he sees Guido getting ready to kill little Charles. When we flash back to Logan, pops down. He's getting ready to go see Gene and Cyclops. But Havoc kills Gene Gray. And then Havoc kills Cyclops. And he goes, I finally won. And just as he's standing over those two, Logan pops his claws and kills Havoc and tells Gene that he's sorry. And Gene goes, I will always love you. Then we go to the most important part. Bishop comes down back right before Xavier was supposed to die, right before Legion kills Professor. And Bishop is getting ready to stop Legion, but then he's stopped by the other Bishop. And that's, he's like, do you know, I, do I know who you are? And he goes, yes, you do. And we flash back to the Age of Apocalypse. 
Beast teleports himself into the center of the Emkron crystal to try and escape everybody. So they're ticked off too. The bad guys are gone in there and they haven't. So Colossus is trying to go save his sister. And uh, Gambit is knocked out because Colossus kind of kicked his butt. And Shadowcat tries to stop him from going into the portal. And she doesn't phase because she thinks that he'll stop. But he doesn't and ends up stomping on her and killing her. So now he goes, no, don't leave me. And then Gambit comes up, uh, charges up a, a bunch of rocks, and ends up killing Colossus. But Ileana had just come back through the portal, and she got to watch her brother die. And Rogue finds Guido, steals all of his powers, and kills Guido, and saves her son. And Magneto and Nate Gray are the only two left. Nate grabs a chunk of the Emkron crystal, and he's getting ready to fight Apocalypse and kill him. And we flash back to the moment right before Legion kills the Professor. Bishop knocks out the younger Bishop, jumps on Legion, and Legion's like, no, what are you doing? You're stopping everything. You're destroying the future. So Bishop takes Legion's powers, and he ends up, okay, you're going to shoot me instead. So he shoots Bishop, and this big energy wave goes around, and Legion sees what had happened. He said, I was just trying to fix things, and then their powers, because he fixed the timeline, erase Bishop and Legion from everything. So then the X-Men are like, did we just win? And then the timeline resets itself, and Xavier and Magneto are back to the spot, like before all of this happened, and before Legion came down. We go back to the Age of Apocalypse, it's two minutes before the bombs come and destroy everything. Nate and, and Magneto blasting Apocalypse, uh, Holocaust comes in and distracts Nate, but Nate takes the Emkron crystal, shoves it into Holocaust, and then those two kind of just mysteriously disappear. And Magneto is down, Apocalypse has his hands around Magneto's throat, and he goes, why aren't you fighting back? He goes, I'm concentrating, and ends up ripping Apocalypse in half. That battle's over. But because Jean's dead, the bombs start falling, and Magneto, Rogue, and Charles are kind of looking over everything, and like, this is for you, Charles Xavier. I hope that since I hold my family dear for the last time, you end up surviving and make the world a better place. That's how the Age of Apocalypse ends. But next week, I'm going to do a bonus episode because they did a 10th anniversary special, six issues plus like a one shot, that shows the continuation of what happened after that. You're not going to believe what happens then. So until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>